Okay, we continue now. Uh, start the new second parak in Moed Katan, Yud Aleph Amid Beis. And we have to learn a little bit about making olives. So before olives are pressed for their oil, first stage is they're placed in a vat to soften. When they become soft, they're turned over in preparation to put into the olive press. Now here's the critical point. Once the olives have been turned over, they have to be pressed immediately or they will spoil. That's the important point. So the question is gonna be what happens if you turned over the olives and then an unusual circumstance came in that prevented you from turning over the olives just, what? You turn them over already. You turn them over, I'm sorry, and it prevents you from okay. pressing it right then. Right. And then two days later is Cholamoid. And if you're not pressing those olives on Cholamoid, it's all lost. That's the question. Can you turn them over? To what degree can you turn them over? Etc. Etc. That is the issue. So that's what the Mishnah says. Mi shahafach ezesov, someone turned over the olives, so they need to be immediately pressed. However, a number of circumstances happen, such as the ero'o avel, and a mourning period came to the person, and during that time, work is not allowed. In the seven days of being a mourner, you cannot engage in work, because they don't want you to forget about mourning. So therefore, he can't press olives during that period. So what if you became a mourner after you turned over the olives, and if you don't turn them over soon, it's going to be a problem, okay? Obviously, it's talking about you doing it yourself as opposed to other people. But for whatever the circumstance is, now, there's two ways the Mephorshim learned this case. Uh, the first way, the way I explained, he became an Avel, and now... The Avelis stopped because you now got into Yontif. Okay? And now it's Cholomoyed. So you still can still press it on Cholomoyed to save it. So can you press it? Another way of learning it is, forget about Cholomoyed. We're just talking about Avelis. Let's say you turned over the press, the olives, and now you became an oval. That's seven days. And you can't go seven days without doing that. So there's two ways to Mephorshim learn that. We'll, we'll stay with the first way to keep it more in line with the others. All ones or some other unavoidable mishap happened that you weren't able to press the olives. O shehitahu poalim. Or workers deceive you. You ever hear that? They promise to come and they don't come. You ever hear of that? So you, you made up and the workers are going to come and they don't come. And now either you're going to do it or it's going to get spoiled. And now it is Chol Hamoed. Okay, so what can you do? Now there's a long process of pressing. So what the first opinion, Rebuta says, you could do the minimal amount of work so that it doesn't spoil, but you can't finish up the pressing job. So Toen Kora Rishona, you can load the beam on the olives one time, that's the next step for the pressing, just loading a beam, beam crushes it. That's only step one. 
and you leave the rest of the pressing till after Cholamoid, it seems there's a second press and other things that are done. But as long as you do that first press, then the olives are not going to spoil. It may take another, whatever, week till Cholamoid's over to finish the olive oil, but at least you're not going to suffer a financial loss. So, what's the problem here? Now we got to understand, you can't do malacha on Cholamoid. What is the malacha over here? of me just putting a beam on it. So one of the 39 malachas is dush, threshing. So pressing olives falls under threshing. So you can't press olives during cholamoid. So therefore, but it, but you've turned over the olives before the yontav, and now you're not able to press them. You're gonna have a big financial loss if you're gonna wait till after cholamoid. So what did we say already? To avoid a significant loss, you can do a malach on cholamoid, Therefore, you're permitted to press the olives then. However, here's the point. You're only allowed to load the beam on the olives only one time on cholamoid. And once the first press is done, he has to leave them till after cholamoid. He can't do any more pressing. Now, why? Why is it enough there? Because the bulk of the oil is extracted in the first pressing. So even if the olives spoil before more pressing, that's not a significant loss. In other words... Press one, let's say it gets 90% of the oil comes out, whatever. Okay, you would not do a second pressing. Okay, so you're not going to do this, the, the, the second pressing. So that's why not a finet, uh, unbearable loss. It's minimal. It's one shot. Or alternatively, squeezing out part of the oil prevents the olives from spoiling. In other words, once you press once, that's not going to spoil. So you could put the first one on. But what if the olives were not turned over prior to the festival? You didn't turn them over. You can't, do, you can't turn them over. You can't press them because there's no financial loss. Okay. That's according to the Ritva. Rambam says that one can turn the olives over and press them. Okay, we can go into that. What, what's going on over there, etc., etc. Okay, now again, our interpretation of Mishnah's first clause follows the printed Rashi, who says the case of the one who becomes a mourner is discussing a death occurring any time during the year and is not connecting to the next thing about Cholomoid. That's one shot. However, the other Rashi, there's two versions of Rashi, explains that this clause refers to one who became a mourner shortly before the festival. So his mourning prevented him from that. The Mishnah is ruling that he's permitted to press them on Cholomoid. Okay, anyway, so that is the first shot. Divrei Rabbi Yehuda. So Rabbi Yehuda says, facing a, a huge loss, you're allowed to do a minimal amount to avoid the loss, but you cannot finish the entire pressing process. So from the Gemara, uh, we saw already, it comes out, according to Rabbi Yehuda, Malach to prevent a financial loss has to be done in an unusual fashion. In other words, this is not the normal way to press because you're supposed to do more pressing. Okay, so somebody showed to explain that when the beam is loaded onto olives, it must be done in an unusual fashion. In the following note, we'll explain how this is derived from the missions. Others maintain that the requisite irregularity is fulfilled by merely leaving the pressing incomplete. So there's some kind of irregularity has to be done, some kind of shinui, according to Rabbi Yehuda. However, Rabbi Yossi Omer, look at this. Zolev vagomer vagof kedarko. You pour the olives into the press, 
finish pressing out the rest of the oil and seals and vat. You seal the vat, everything in the usual manner. Kedarko. That's the critical last word. So therefore, that means the completion of the pressing. Rabbi Yossi holds that he presses in the usual fashion, bringing them to the press, loading the beam onto them as many times as necessary, extract all the oil. He doesn't have to stop after the first time. Although there's little or no loss connected with deferring the later pressing, once permission is granted to begin, you can complete it. That's one way of understanding. Some interpret the word Vagomer and finishes, referring also to the grinding that's normally between the first and second pressings, etc., etc. Now, we've explained the phrase Kedarko in his usual manner as referring to the completion of the pressing. Now, obviously, it's a machlokes. Rabbi Yehuda said you just put the first beam on. Rabbi Yossi is saying you complete it. Now, but remember, what did Rabbi Yehuda, what did the first opinion really say? There were those who claim Yehuda demands an irregularity in placing of the beam. So therefore, see in its unusual manner as a reference, Rabbi Yehuda's required of an irregularity in the process. In other words, is Rabbi Yehuda saying you have to, he says when, you, when you're allowed to do a malacha, for a hefzid meru it has to be done with a shinui. So is the shinui meaning that uh, you put the beam on in an unusual way? Or is the shinui that you just do the first press and you don't do any more? Either way, Rabbi Yudah also has to be some kind of shinui. Comes along Rabbi Yossi and says, no, there doesn't have to be a shinui. As a matter of fact, you can finish the whole way there. So therefore, since Rabbi Yudah requires the beam to be loaded in an unusual manner, so then maybe Rabbi Yossi is saying placed in an ordinary manner. So, so we see a lot of different ways of understanding what's going on. Is it that the first opinion says, well, you put the beam on in an unusual manner, or, and the, and the other opinion say, no, you could put the beam in a usual manner. Or we could say the fact that Rabbi Yehuda says, just put one the beam on once, that's the unusual manner. Comes over and says, you can do the whole thing. So therefore, it's a machlokas in the Rishonim. What exactly was, does this mean? Now also, our interpretation of Zolev is referring to the pouring of the owls into the press, onto the press, follows the printed Rashi. The other Rashi understands referring to the pressing out of the oil from the olives. Okay. Uh, okay, there's all kinds of other things. When Rashi's reading the mission, the word guff and he seals doesn't appear. This is true also according to the readings of the other Rishonim. The other Rashi explains that since oil does not spoil when left uncovered, there's no reason to seal the vat until after the festival. But our standard text does have this word and Tos says you need to seal it to avoid spillage or insects or bugs or reptiles to get in. So therefore, uh, you know, the freshly uh, pressed oil uh, could be different than old oil. And therefore you seal it. So there's a lot of different interpretations. We'll just go with the simple reading. Rabiosi says you can finish up the whole process. And that's it. So there is a machlok. Everyone agrees you can do something to avoid the big financial loss. From Yehuda, it's got to be some kind of a shinui, some kind of a change. Rabiosi says there doesn't have to be a change. And then there's a machlokas, how far are we going? Some of Rishon say you can do the whole process and finish the whole thing. Once you're allowed to do it, it's fine. Others say, no, you could just do what needs to be done, but doesn't have to have a shinui. Okay, that is the Mishnah. Is there like a trough where they put all the olives in and they put a drop of beam on top of it? 
to squish them when all the oil drains out? Is that the idea? Something like that. Depends. So the beam must fit into the trough, so how could you do it in an unusual... I mean, there's only one way to put it in, I guess. Maybe upside down? I'm I'm thinking like a 6x6 beam that's... I don't know. I don't know. know. Maybe you you put the beam in with your left hand. Right? So, but, but, but something unusual there. Okay. So now the Gemara is going to ask a question because we already explained the Mishnah in a nice way. Gemara is just looking at the words of Mishnah very simplistically, and therefore um, they feel uh, there's a deficiency in the interpretation. Again, let's go to the beginning. It says, someone who turned over the olives and became a mourner. Or something else happened. And then it ends and says, well, you could do the following achol hamoid. So the Gemara asks the following question. Gemara says, Pasach ba'ovel. The Mishnah started by talking about a press because of mourning. That's how it started. The first clause says, you turned over the olives and you became a mourner. Okay, but it doesn't conclude, it doesn't conclude the discussion with mourner because v'siyem b'moed. But when we come to the law, it talks about what you could do on the festival. It never got back to the law of mourning. In other words, right now, Misha begins by mentioning two cases where a person's faced with a loss because of the prohibition of pressing. One is the case of a mourner, and another one that he was unable to press the fruit before the festival. But now, okay, so you have case one, you, 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 you turned over the house, and now you're a mourner. Okay, what do we do? Now, the workers didn't come, and now it's Cholamite. What do you do? Mishnah says, well, Cholamite, you do this and this. Well, what about the mourner case? Right? right? So, however, only in the case of one blocked by the answer of the festival does the Mishnah rule, he may load the beam onto the olives. Regarding the mourner, the Mishnah doesn't say anything because the Mishnah says, it says, Umenicha, Remember, the Mishnah says, and you, you press it with the one pressing, and you leave it till after the moed. So the simple reading of the Mishnah, simple reading of the Mishnah is saying, a guy turned over the olives and became a mourner. Right. Or there are circumstances beyond his capability, and what can he do? He can uh, put the beam on once and leave it till after Cholomoy. Right. Well, then obviously the second and third cases were Cholomite. But what happened to the mourner case? Kind of left that out. So, Amar of Shesha, Brader of Edis, or of Shesha, the son of Edis says, I guess, Zoso Maris, the, what the Mishnah is telling us, Dvarim Hamutarim Bamoid, things that are permitted during Cholomite, we're permitting you to put one beam on, Asurim Bime Avalal are forbidden during the days of one's mourning. Okay? And therefore, the reason the mission doesn't discuss the law of a mourner is to demonstrate that he can't load the beam at all, period. So according to Reb Shesha, the financial loss is not a reason to allow to work during the period of mourning. So he's learning, one second, he's learning the cases. Okay, you, you turned over the olives, and either the following happened. You became a mourner, problem. Or workers didn't come on time, and now it's cholamoid. Two separate problems. What do you do? You can turn over the first, you can do the pressing, first pressing, uh, 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 on cholamoid. Okay, leave the rest after cholamoid. 
So what happened to the mourner case? I guess the Mishnah didn't give you a solution. I guess there is no solution. All right, so what does that mean? I guess for Cholamoid, a financial loss we reckon with, but for a mourner, too bad. Now, it just, only says one thing, though. It only says that you can't do it. If the mourner... Oh, look in the bracket. Oh, Rav Shish is saying yeah, only that he's forbidden to load the beam yeah, onto the owls. Yeah. Others can. According to Rav Shisha, the prohibition against a mourner doing work is more stringent than the prohibition against working on Kolomoid, despite the fact that Kolomoid prohibition is of biblical origin, while the mourner is only rabbinic. Fascinating. Working on Kolomoid is an Isidairaisa. But there's leniencies. Mourner, no biblical prohibition for a mourner to not work. The rabbis did it. So it comes out, according to Rav Shisha, we're stricter for a mourner than for Cholamite. Why? Apparently the rabbis feared that people knowing the mourner's prohibition be rabbinic would come to treat it lightly. They therefore gave it to the more, gave it the more stringent law, which we find often when Chazal feel they're not going to treat it with respect because it's rabbinic, so then we have to be out of a much stricter. But anyway, that, that's how uh, Rav Edi understands this. So it comes out like this. The Mishnah says, if you have a case where you turned over the owls, and now you become a mourner problem, or before Chalamoyit, the work didn't get done beyond your control. Problem, solution, only for the case of a Chalamoyit, uh, we have a solution. Do the one press, or finish the whole thing up, depending on the Machlokas, and for Cholamoid. But no solution was given for mourner. So the Gemara, uh, according to Ravidi, well, that's because mourner, there's no solution for the mourner himself to do it. Somebody else does it, that's okay. That would not be the case for Cholamoid. For Cholamoid, we can't have somebody else do it because it's Cholamoid for everybody. Oh, that's another point that more has to get to. But what if a non-Jew does? Can, can you ask a non-Jew? That has to be discussed. But, uh, so that's how we learn. But it is a kind of funny way of wording the Mishnah when you're listing two cases and you're only saying a solution to one, you want us to infer that since I didn't say a solution for the first case, there's no solution. Why can't you infer the opposite? That it was good for him <laughs> that we didn't say a solution in the morning because the same applies to him. You could say the opposite. The, the opposite or the same? What do you mean? I'll say that again. Maybe. We assumed there was no solution for the morning. Yes. It didn't, it didn't say a solution. Right. You can't do it. Really. So now you're saying, let's assume the opposite, yeah. which is, which is. Which is, they didn't say there's a solution because we have a solution for a whole lot, so we use the same solution for the more. So you're saying it's the same solution. Yeah. Very nice. Well, yeah. you yeah. hold yeah. like, you hold like Ravashi. Ravashi, Omar, Ravashi says, Lomi boy Kamar. It's a, it is not necessary. In other words, yeah. it said, Mish is teaching the more novel law. Since Cholamoid is stricter, we think we'd be more strict with Cholamoid. So we're going to tell you to do something for Cholamoid. So lo, mi boy, not only be me avolo, it's not necessary to mention during mourning, because that's less of a problem. Why? Demeter Abonanu, it's only rabbinic. Vishari, it's okay. Okay. And okay, we don't want him to forget his mourning, but uh, still we're not going to be overly strict on that. But even on Moet, which is clearly, and how do you know it's Daraisa? It says, You must observe 
Pesach, seven days. What does observe? Tishmur means Zohar Vishomer by Shabbos. You don't do Malachav. So it's clearly saying all seven days of Cholamite, you don't work. But the details were left up to the rabbis. But it's still Doiraisa, and therefore, when there's a financial loss, the rabbis allowed it. So according to Rav uh, Ashi, the fact we didn't say anything about the mourner, it's not implying it's forbidden. It says there was nothing to say. There's no insight to be said. So we say the stronger insight and leave the other ones. Uh, and therefore, it seems that, again, it's, it's speaking about the problem of Cholomoid, etc. Now, Tanya Kavaseder of Shesha. Now, although Rav Shesha gave the first answer, Rav Shesha uh, said that the mourner cannot press. Ravashi says, no, the mourner can press. So you're going to like Rav Shesha, Bray who says you can't do it. Because now we're talking about mourning. But listen carefully to this Brysa. This Brysa is going to say, these are the things that others can do for the mourner. It's saying others can do because the mourner can't do it. And that's going to be the implication that a mourner cannot press. The Brysa says, These are things that other people can do for a mourner. So what? not everything, but if the olives are turned over, they can load the beam onto them for the first time. So you see, you could take, they can do that. And also, and if his barrel needs to be sealed, they seal it. And also, flax, when you're, let's say he was soaking flax, you soak it for a certain amount of time, then you got to take it out. And then he became a mourner in the middle of that. So now, in order, you got to separate, so therefore you can pick it up from what it's soaking. Or the tzimro and wool, halosim in the yard, taken out of the dyer's vat. All right? Umar bitsim sodeya And you could water his field when the watering time comes. So what are you seeing from this? Yeah, we can do things for him so he doesn't get a financial loss. But why do we say that? If he could do it himself, must be he can't do it himself. And also, Rebuda says we can even do more. Af zoyrim lo sodanir. We also can sow for him a plowed field, or a field that's designated for flax. Okay, so what you, so you see from all this, Brisa, that the guy can't do anything on Cholamoid, even though there's financial loss. We get other people to do that. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyway, just continuing the Brisa. So Rabbi Yehuda said he can even plant certain seeds. So the rabbi said, Amrulo, he says, that we wouldn't allow. That's not such a substantial loss. Even if he, the plowed field isn't sown in the early season, you can plow it in the late season. And if the field doesn't for flax isn't sown for flax, you can do it for something else. So they're just arguing, is this a big financial loss or not? Okay, still continuing with this brisa, Rabbi Shimon Gamliel Omer, Shimon says, Zesav hafuchim, if his olives were turned over, ve'ein sham uman elahu, what if there's no skilled worker, only him, the mourner himself? Kadol aguf, the barrel needs to be sealed, ve'ein sham uman elahu, there's no one else to do it but him. Pishton alahalos min amishra, the flax has to be removed. Ve'tzimra lahalos. Mina yor and take the wool out. Vein sham uman elahu. 
no one else can do it. He can only do this in private. So if Shimon Leo holds in the case of a financial loss and there's no one else to do it, he may do so. So now, there's a machlokes, as well as Shimon, Ben Gamliel, and Tanakama are in agreement. So maintain Rav Shimon is simply elucidating the Tanakama's ruling. According to Tanakama too, there exists a case the mourner can do it privately. Others hold, no, according to Tanakama, mourner may not perform these tasks, even if he is the only person to do that. So the Tanakama and Rav Shimon are at odds. It's a machlokes, according to that. But anyway, you see there is an opinion that says he can't do this. Okay, yes, Sir Al-Kain, he's finishing the Mishnah. Furthermore, Rav Shimon Gamliel said, Okay, let's stop it over here. This is going to take much longer. But anyway, we're just proving we have an opinion that says that a mourner can't do anything himself. It's machlokes, but at least there's an opinion that you can rely on. All right, we'll now continue. Okay. What, what other things, if you're a public service worker, are there more leniencies for you? You're not the real one. Okay, <laughs> very good. All right, Tony's having a tough... When the wife is not well, the husband isn't feeling much better. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a sleepy chair. I've done it before. <laughs> Thank you.